0: And welcome to yet another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is a combined post game plus our Monday flagship show. We decided to do them all in one go because of this weird game going on at a weird time on a Sunday. So, I'm Samrin and I'm here with I Need No Name. We're recording just after the Freiburg game. So, In, how are you feeling? How'd you feel about the game?
1: Oh, this is amazing! Wow. We just <laughs> won five nil in the Bundesliga and against a team that isn't in the relegation places for a change. So, <laughs> like, right. it feels it feels good. It feels good for a change.
0: What are some things that stood out for you
1: in terms of the Freiburg game? Honestly, I mm-hmm. would say the fact that we won so comfortably without. Thomas Muller or Jamal Buziala playing like that was the main standout point for me we controlled the game Freiburg mm-hmm. I think they didn't even have a shot on target if I remember no. correctly they did not and we dominated every aspect we dominated in attack defense and midfield so I think this is actually our best Bundesliga game so far and maybe even our best game of the season even better than the complete domination we saw against Victoria Poulsen in the first leg this might I don't know if this is going to be a turning point for us in the season or not. But at the very least, Nagelsmann has shown that he can do it and can have good performances against quality opposition in the league at least.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. So for me, this was funnily enough, kind of reminiscent of Flick's So just for a quick recap. Serge Gnabry got the first goal on 13 minutes, Chupo Moting on the 33rd minute, Sané on the 52nd, Mane on the 55th, and Sabitzer wrapped it all up with the goal in the 80th minute. So I really think what it came down to was having a target man. And yes, Chupo is like, like my dad likes to say, two whole levels below Lewandowski, but he's a target man. So we had two ways to play. We could play our usual stylish football and we had an actual proper target man. Bayern's second goal and his goal was so reminiscent of a striker's goal but in between there was that one time when Freiber got behind Bayern and I think it was 1-0 at that point and Gunther completely misplaced his, his pass that could have easily gotten the game at 1-1 we used to have quite a few of those when Flick was in charge we would get away with them sometimes and then we would just go up the other end and score multiple goals this it was such a clean performance. And yeah, I know to an extent Freiburg didn't show up. I saw their game on Thursday. You know, um, they, they won 4-0, but the last two goals, I think, came pretty late. So it just felt like it was a clean performance top to bottom. Davies had a really good game. Ritsudoan could do absolutely nothing. Um, Goretzka I thought was very good. And having a pairing of Kimmich and Goretzka makes all the difference in the world. Sané while Sonny did score against Dortmund, he didn't have a good game. I thought he had a better game today. And with Thomas Müller, Jamal Musiala, and um, Manuel Neuer up in the stands, you know, it was just... Uh, Jamal Musiala on the bench, of course. It was... I can't believe that this went down. It was quite amazing. And all of a sudden, we're second. Yes, we're four points behind Union Berlin, but we've just about leapfrogged everybody else.
1: It's crazy to me that we are still four points behind Union Berlin. Like, I guess... <laughs> I was watching the classical, so I did not manage to watch Union's game <laughs> against Dortmund, but like they, they are doing quite well. So it's kind of, if this thing that you mentioned with a striker, if it's true, do you mm-hmm. think that Bayern Munich should dip into the transfer market in the winter and buy another striker? Or do you think that we'll be fine with Chupo and maybe Matthew Tell in those roles?
0: So it comes down to two things. The first thing is, I don't know how Tel's development is going because today Nagelsmann could have you know, Nagelsmann could have chosen to start Tell, but instead he chose to go with the experience of Chupo. And I know that Chupo is not really highly rated, but whenever you have Chupo on the field, he puts in a lot of work. He, you know, there was a, right after Bayern scored the first goal, there was a Freiburg attempt, which was pretty much close to the line. And Chupo was the one heading it away so you'll get a lot of you'll have you'll get so much output from him you won't necessarily get all the goals he had a hand in creating the first goal by the way so I think for this season we can get away with Chupo but for next season it really does become a question because I just don't think it's so easy to transition from playing for years with a target man, whether that was Lewandowski, whether that was Mario Mandzukic, if it's Mario Gomez, Mirko we Slusa, Luka Tony, as far as you can go back, and just going strikerless all of a sudden. I really think Bayern does look better with a proper target man. Heck, sometimes Goretzka goes up front and plays kind of like a target man, and Bayern plays better. So, in the old days, we used to take Van Buyten up front when we needed a goal. I think. I really think we might need to go for a striker in the summer. Not in the winter. Chubo will do for now. But in the summer, we might just have to.
1: That's interesting because, honestly, I disagree with the interpretation that having a target man today was the thing that allowed Bayern to <laughs> impose its dominance on Freiburg. Because let's let's talk about some of the tactical things that we see from Nagelsmann these days. First of yeah. all, Sané on the right. Sané is playing on the right, but he's not traditional right wing or even an inverted mm. winger right you look at how he scores his goals and gets his assists he's cutting inside into midfield way before he's reaching the final third he's like he's already in the middle by that point all his goals seem to be even even his assists they, they seem to be coming down that middle of the pitch where he is running diagonally from outside inwards if i'm making any sense that seems to be a weirdly effective role for him. And I, I think Freiburg were just caught really off guard. They had no one there marking or stopping Sané. They were very much doubled up on the wings at the back, trying to stop Bine from stretching the play. But Bine were not concerned with that. Bine were concerned with breaking down the middle with Sané leading the charge. And I get it that we did not have Thomas Muller or Jamal Muziala playing today, but the way Sane stepped up and the amount of space and time he was given to operate, it practically did not matter because he was, like, Freiburg just did not pick him up. When a team allows you to do that, no matter who you're playing up top, you are going to get goals, you're going to get chances. And the fact that we scored very early in the game also played into it because that meant Freiburg had to open up much sooner than they probably would have liked to. The second point I should point out that Chupo today, he did not play as how Robert Lewandowski used to play for us. Like, yeah, you can m- make the point that Chupo is not as good as Lewandowski, but my point would be that Chupo today did not play too differently from how Bynes' target men or strikers have played in that role this season when Langelsman has fielded a 4-2-3-1, whether it be Gnabry or Mane or Muller in the role. He was quite effective, but I would say that effectiveness comes down to the fact that he capitalized on chances and space created for him by the attack around him, which any good player in a system that was that is clicking like this would do. The other point I should mention is that, how would I put this? Like, when we had Lewandowski at the club, we were not playing this fluidly. We were not creating goals, creating chances as fluidly as we are now. We have had problems. Finishing chances, but outside from the game against Union Berlin, I don't think we've had any very serious problems creating chances. Even against teams where I would say that we lacked chance creation, teams again teams like I don't know who would I say Augsburg or against yeah, even Dortmund in the second half. Even in those games where we, where I would say we did not have that many chances created, we still did not really lack for chances to put those games to bend That is something that we did not really see when Nagelsmann had a striker like Robert Lewandowski at his disposal. So I don't think that Bayern's good performances right now are down to the lack or the presence of a striker. And I do not believe that Brazo will go after a striker in the winter or the summer. I think he believes in this setup. He might, if Chupo does not extend his contract, then we might not have a choice but to go for someone. But I think the rumors of someone like Harry Kane, For 100 million those kinds of things are a little bit far-fetched and probably would be unnecessary given that we do seem to score goals either way
0: that's true um i will what i will say about chupo is he did as you mentioned he did kind of blend in with the type of play that we've been playing this season with players shifting in their roles and whatnot but I still think having a striker adds just a little bit of an extra dimension. Now, the thing about Lewandowski is Lewandowski demanded that the ball be played to him. The world had to revolve around Lewandowski. So sometimes Ferris had no choice but to make sure that the world revolved around him. Whereas now with Chupo, you're not going to get the same demands. Once upon a time, we played with guys like Olich up front who did not demand as much as well. And in those teams, we had Robin and Ribery score a hatful of goals. So I think while having a striker may not be pivotal to Bayern winning every game, I still think having Choupo today gave Bayern just a little bit of extra room. And with Sané cutting in, I noticed that too. And I was very surprised that Freiburg did not pick him. I Christian Strike is normally so good at making sure that every inch of the pitch is covered, but, you know, tiredness and just leaving Sané open like that. And not just Not just Sane, Mane sometimes found himself in a ton of space as well. And that caught me by surprise too. So Friber's setup was not right today. On getting someone like Harry Kane, I think that's unnecessary too, because Bayern does have an added dimension this season where everybody is scoring goals. Um, My dad made an interesting comment. He's watching the game with me today. And he said that I could turn on the TV and Bayern would be playing the same way. And yet maybe they're losing there may be a goal down or maybe the score is nil-nil. And yet today they're three nil up at the same stage. It really does come down to chance conversion for us sometimes. Uh, today, the goals went in. Another day, they don't. All of a sudden, we find ourselves in a poor situation against Freiburg. And Freiburg pushes on, gets a goal out of nowhere. Maybe Gunter's um, effort into the box is converted. converted. By somebody, and uh, we're going down all of a sudden. So we could literally play the same way and have vastly different score lines on any given day. Now, some games we were poor. We were very, very poor against Bayern Berlin. I didn't think we were great against housework either. But overall, it is literally coming down to chance conversion.
1: Yeah. Well, you know the thing is that the reason you say that, and the reason I think that chance conversion is becoming the major talking point for us this season is simply because we don't really have the control over games to make it so that if we get Mm. one or two goals, that we can guarantee ourselves to see the rest of the game out. It never feels comfortable when buying Munich are 2-0 up, especially after (laughs) what we saw against Borussia Dortmund last week. Or even, like, you think about the game against Victoria Pilsen. Pilsen, When they suddenly scored those two goals, we were 4-0 up. But we had made yeah. all our substitutions. And then we were suddenly looking like, oh God, what? what is this? What could happen? And that is not a feeling you should have against possibly the second worst team in the Champions League this season. Mm-hmm. I don't think that this is solely a Nagelsmann problem because I've seen this exact same problem under Hansi Flick as well. Yeah. And, you know, I said this in the game thread, but it comes down to mindset for me. Bayern Munich coaches... Both Hansi Flick and Nagelsmann, they have a very specific mindset of how we should be playing. They should—they want us to be attacking on the front foot, constantly making vertical passes, line-breaking passes, passes that unsettle the opposition. That's a very difficult thing to do. It's very rewarding when it comes off and it gets you a lot of goals, often in huge batches like this 5-0 win. But when, it's, when you just have like a 1-0 or 2-0 lead and you just need to see the game out, that is not the kind of game you should be playing all you should be doing is trying to pass it wide sideways keep the square passes keep the control keep tempo low and make sure that the opponent wears themselves out while trying to chase the ball that is something that we used to do really well under pep guardiola if you remember and that is something that pep guardiola seems on the masters of doing we don't have that kind of quality in us Nor do we have the ability to really change tempos we either are at 100 miles per hour or we aren't playing that is why these chances that we fail to convert when we are playing at 100 miles per hour they seem to be the linchpin of our game because when we are not creating chances we are conceding chances it's there is no holding pattern at Bayern meaning where we can just take a breather take a break let ourselves cool down let ourselves gain back energy and then go back to attacking there is no system for doing that and I'm not going to solely blame Nagleton for it because, as I said, Flick had this problem too. But I am going to say that if we don't get better at it, it is going to cost us this season. In fact, it almost cost us, if you remember, in the Champions League final against PSG, where we were just keeping on trying to get that final second goal, even in the 88th, 89th minute, while PSG were looking lethal on the counter with guys like Neymar and Mbappe. So, if I, I get it. Look it's an admirable commitment to the philosophy of attacking football and I wouldn't have anything else as a supporter, but from a just a pure pragmatic level, it's, it's, it's not, it's not ideal. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. I would argue that Nagelsmann is trying it. I don't think Flick cared so much to try it. I think I'd see when Byron is, you know, three or four up, I see the level of the team dropping a little bit, the tempo dropping a little bit. And today, I think Christian Strike got a yellow card for complaining about Bayern wasting time when there was like 16 minutes left to go or something. Or I'm not sure why he got a yellow card, but it seemed like Bayern were taking their time with every throw and then they scored another goal. So I think Nagelsmann is trying, just not very successfully, to bring down the tempo of the game. But it's funny because when Bayern brings down the tempo, it seems like they can shift back up. That's what happened against Dortmund. Once Mukoko scored, it didn't look like Bayern could get another goal because they had already brought their tempo down to settle the game. So it's a weird problem and it might come down to cost us. And while against Victoria and we had the 16 and 17-year-olds out on the pitch. I don't think anyone should even be doubting a result, even at 4-2. But that game, like, it got nervy. It got a little bit nervy. So yeah, it's either 100% or nothing, which is why the cup game against Augsburg will be very interesting, but we'll talk about that more later.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just one point I should mention on that. The fact is that when we seem to reduce the tempo, we reduce it in a really awful way. We just lose any semblance of control we have over the game, which is not the right way that teams, like you say, Man City or a team like, I don't know, maybe you look at Real Madrid in, the, in El Clasico tonight, When they reduce tempo, they don't concede lots and lots of chances because they keep the ball, they keep the tempo low, but they don't make mistakes. When we reduce the tempo, we suddenly lose concentration as well. We start making mistakes, we start making, you know, giveaways, and we start giving the whole of the, what should I say? We give the initiative back to our opposition, which allows them to make a comeback. That is my issue with Nagelsmann and even Flick, at times, reducing the tempo in their games to see the games out.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. Union Berlin are pretty good at seeing games out. Today, yeah. they tied a lot against Dortmund in the last 10 minutes, just like everybody falling on the floor, and still they managed to see that one out. Dortmund had basically all their attacking players on the pitch at that point. So, <laughs>
1: we yeah, could they, learn Remember something. when we faced them? We basically yeah. called them, like, Atletico de Union because, my goodness, <laughs> yeah. that was... Yeah. That was something else. yeah. So, speak, so speaking of Spanish teams,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: let's move on to our headline topic, which I'm pretty sure lots of people clicked on this to listen to, and they got <laughs> bombarded by talk about Freiburg. They're like, what, what is Freiburg? I'm here to listen to Lewandowski. <laughs> anyway, so the thing is, um, so Bayern Munich, as you might know, we lost a very key player in the summer this year, and he went to a certain team. Known as FC mm-hmm. Barcelona. His name, as we all know, is Robert Lewandowski. And mm-hmm. tonight, Robert Lewandowski, he has just lost his first Classico. Earlier this week, Lewandowski, he scored two goals, but Barcelona failed to win against Inter Milan. They mm-hmm. are now all but eliminated from the Champions League. And for the first time since, what, 2011, Lewandowski could find himself playing in the Europa League. His Ballon d'Or hopes are basically all but gone because you can't you can't play in the Europa League and expect to win the Ballon d'Or. And yeah. I just want to ask this because it's not going to be a very long discussion here, but we had to talk about this. Do you think he regrets it, not staying at Bayern? Because we haven't been that hot this season either. But do you think he regrets not staying with us and going to Barcelona?
0: You know, it's it's difficult because we all know that he wanted to go to Real Madrid at some point. And- Listen, if you want to go to Barcelona when, uh, what is it, MSM Messi, no, what was it? Messi, Messi Neymar, Suarez, and... Neymar, yeah. They, yeah, there you MSN. go, Messi, Suarez, and Neymar. Yeah, this is how you know that I really don't care about the Spanish team. But when those three were there and Lewandowski had joined, had wanted to join, that'd be different. But then again, he wouldn't have gotten a spot in that team. So there you go. But now he went to a team that's trying to rebuild that put all its eggs into the Champions League basket, hoping to make some money because of all these investments that they have made and literally could find themselves in the Europa League if Inter Milan beats Victoria Posen. Now, yes, Inter Milan is shabby. Their, their form hasn't been great, but I would still expect them to beat Posen. So, You know, Lewandowski doesn't have that many years left at the highest of highest levels. I could see him playing for another five, six years. I just don't think they'll all be at the highest level. And arguably, he had a much better chance of winning the Ballon d'Or, staying at Bayern or going to a Premier League team. Barcelona wasn't the team to go to, to win a Ballon d'Or at this point. I think he'll never admit it. Of course he wouldn't. But I think deep down, there may just be a sliver of regret because if Barcelona does go down into the Europa League, this season will feel to him that it's been wasted. Lewandowski doesn't care. Yes, he cares about Barcelona winning trophies, but the main point is to get himself that personal accolade that he wants so badly. He's won the Champions League. He's won a gazillion titles at Bayern. He's won many titles at Dortmund. So now it's just simply to finish up that career nice and neat by winning that Ballon d'Or. His personal ambitions, I think, matter more to him than his team's ambition. So he'll help Barcelona win the Europa League. He'll want to win, I think it's the Pichichi in Spain. And he will, you know, he'll, he'll keep being a professional and scoring a ton of goals, but it will hurt. It'll hurt somewhere that he left. And Bayern isn't necessarily a better team because he left. We we haven't, you know, we haven't been so hot to see. We're... I would argue we aren't, we aren't necessarily that much worse off, but we're certainly not better off. And he might turn around and see the these score lines that we're racking up. You know, like occasionally we win a goal game six nil, five nil. Occasionally we have a draw here and there, but we do still score a ton of goals. And he look at that, and he might regret leaving the team behind, especially if things go poorly for Barcelona in back to back seasons in the Champions League. This season they could have they ended up in one of the worst groups imaginable. It's not going to happen every season, but it remains to be seen how long Lewandowski can maintain his current level. So yeah, I think I think there are some regrets. What about you, In?
1: For me, I think that the major mistake he made was by going to Barcelona, he has exposed himself to a level of criticism he never would have gotten at Bayern Munich. Now, at Bayern, obviously, we already know what he's capable of. He's been here for a long time. He was a legend and he was somewhat protected in my opinion from criticism in the media yeah. because of his long time service to the club now at at Barcelona his reputation for you know not showing up in big games for me I think that's been an unearned reputation honestly because if you look at his actual scoring record in games against teams like Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, Real Madrid etc in the Champions League he has goals he pretty much always scores against them it's not his fault that Bayern Munich at its peak could not get past those teams and win the Champions League but now that he is being exposed to an audience that is mostly ignorant of what he's capable of and what he has done in his career which I have to say the Barcelona fan base is ignorant of what he's capable of you saw earlier in the season they were Absolutely surprised to see that Lewandowski is capable of playmaking. They're like, oh, wow. Oh, my God. Has turned <laughs> Lewandowski yeah. from a poacher into yeah. a playmaker. And I'm like, he was never just Jeez. a poacher. My goodness. Yeah. He had amazing link-up play and hold-up play and all of that stuff. So this is the kind of football knowledge that we're dealing with here. And these are the kind of people Lewandowski has exposed himself to now. Now he has his issues with scoring in Big games against opposition and mark him heavily. Yeah. We saw against Bayern Munich. That was strike one. He did not score against Bayern. Then against Inter Milan, strike two. Against Inter again, he scored twice. Right. But he's not getting the credit for that because it was such a devastating, devastating result for Barcelona. No one's just standing up and saying, okay, but we have to feel sorry for Lewandowski because he, uh, his heart out and he managed to get two goals what else can he do no one's talking about that everyone's talking about Xavi and PK and who is bad and this and that so Lewandowski when he performs well in a crucial game against a big team he's not getting any plaudits then you turn around and it's El Clasico all that people can talk about is Lewandowski is not a big game player because he missed a chance that was offside by the way he wouldn't have even been mm. offside but he didn't put it in the net so he's it's being criticized as being a missed chance and It's even worse because his rival on the other end of the pitch, Karim Benzema, scored. (laughs) Right, right. And but if you compare like Benzema and Lewandowski's careers, is not even like just in pure goal-scoring terms, Benzema and Lewandowski are just not comparable. But these big, high-profile games are what Lewandowski is is being judged by now. And because he's moved to Barcelona, that's all he's ever going to be judged by because no one has any other context. And this might leave a stain on his legacy as a footballer in the in the minds of people who he's leaving behind. Because already you have Bayern fans posting revisionist history about how important he was <laughs> to the team. Because... A lot of it is, I mean, look. A lot of it is already down to the fact that we were not happy about the way he left and the comments he made when he was leaving. Whether it's fair or not, how the board treated him, I don't think they treated him very well. Even so, that the way he left and the fact that he left at all left a lot, lot of fans upset. And because of that, the fan base that has protected him and defended him for years and years and years, they Mm -hmm. no longer have any incentive to do that anymore. Meanwhile, you have the Barcelona fan base who have no incentive to really protect him for any reason whatsoever and all the reasons to criticize him because he's coming to them as billed as one of the best strikers in the world or the best striker in the world and he's coming to them for a massive 50 million fee right I mean remember Bayern got him for free so he's coming to them with so much baggage that he needs to prove himself and if he does not prove himself then it's gonna leave a stain on his reputation but the big problem for Lewandowski is it's not just him who is being evaluated here. He is not responsible for the fact that Savi's system can't create chances for him. He's not responsible for the fact that Dembele or Rafinha can't find him inside the box with a decent pass. He's not responsible for the fact that Barcelona don't really have a Muller-esque player who can supply chances to him. Now, again, he's yeah. not, like, you can say that he should be good enough to create those chances himself, etc., etc. But that's not the type of player Barcelona bought. And they probably knew that when they were doing it he's not Leo Messi right mm-hmm. but he's going to be judged by those standards now and because of that I don't know I I think he's made a critical mistake at this point in his career and I honestly wish he had not left because uh, as good as we've done this season <laughs> we, without could do him, him. <laughs> yeah. we could yeah we could really use him right now <laughs> yeah, I mean like I would not turn down Lewandowski services ever yeah. Okay, I, I do not believe that he's a big game go I think he plays well in big games. And I think that we could use him, honestly. And I regret that he's not here.
0: You know, it's funny because in that Champions League final against PSG, he did not score that goal, but he was so important in that game. Like creating chances, drawing the defenders out. He was so important. And then his absence the following season against PSG arguably cost us the Champions League that year. Yeah, so, because
1: Chupo, yeah. He, he did score yeah. he did score in both games. Yeah. But even then, you could tell that there was something missing with Lewandowski not yeah. there. And uh, uh, you said in the Champions League final how much he did. He did hit the post in the Champions League final. Yeah. And yeah. we wouldn't have gotten past Chelsea to begin with to even get that far. Because against Chelsea, we scored seven goals. That was three goals and four assists by Robert Lewandowski. He mm-hmm. made every single goal happen in that tie. So exactly. we probably wouldn't even have made it that far to begin yeah. with. Yeah. And in the final, Coman's goal. Why did Tito Kera not stop Coman? Because his eyes were glued on Robert mm-hmm. Lewandowski in the middle. He he had all eyes on Robert Lewandowski. So, Coman, the guy who probably has the worst finishing of any player on this team, which is saying something because our finishing can really be bad, <laughs> scores the goal in the Champions <laughs> yeah. League final against a club that he played for. But people yeah. will ignore like, no, Lewandowski's goal and Munda's role in those goals and even Goretzka's role in those goals for making mm-hmm. the goal happen because Kimmich. Wonderful pass to on who just happened to be in the right place at the right time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think Lewandowski, he got really frustrated, you know, with the Ballon d'Or. And I regret that he never won it here. I think Bayern also could have made a little bit more noise to help him win the Ballon d'Or that year mm-hmm. that he lost it to Messi. And we should have said something more about him not winning it in 2020 and France football can- cancelling it. That was just shameful. But yeah. I think that really did something to him on a mental level, and he decided to make a complete gamble on his career to go out there to Barcelona, market himself as this incredible world's best striker and make sure that he can ride the Barcelona PR wave to a Ballon d'Or win. And so far that Campbell hasn't paid off. Now he's there for the next four years, right? So oh he'll probably be thinking, he'll probably be thinking, I can recover from this. He might yeah. be able to. But my question is, can Barcelona recover from this and make a team that Lewandowski will be happy with in the coming seasons? Because you look at them not making the Champions League round of 16 this season. Their financial predictions predicted that they would be going to the quarterfinals this year. That amount of money is not made up for by being in the Europa League. Even if you win the Europa League, that's still less money than just one... Even losing the Champions League round of 16, just being there makes you more money than making it to the final of the Europa League. So that's a significant amount of money that Barcelona will be losing out. And now that Real Madrid are three points clear at the top of their table, that might also be another trophy that Lewandowski fails to win. If these things happen, <laughs> and if these things happen to Barcelona, what are Barcelona going to do at a financial perspective to get another competitive team out in front of Xavi, in the cupping season. And again, Xavi himself is a major question mark. Is he good enough? Yeah. Is he the kind of manager that Lewandowski wants to spend the final years of his career with? You don't know. You, who, who can say? At
0: mm-hmm. the end of the day, Lewandowski can't make up for Busquets and PK's errors. He can only do what he's there for, and that is to score goals. And to even criticize somebody who has scored as many goals for Barcelona as he has done already is really strange to me. I've watched some of Barcelona's games with Lewandowski in it and he is always involved in the build-up play as well. I would say probably a little more than he was at Bayern because he knew at Bayern I guess that the chances were coming to him now you basically have to wrestle the ball off of Dembele for him to allow anybody else on the team to have a shot. So, he's he's trying his best. The criticism is extremely unfair, but hey, yeah, he signed up for it. He he When you go to a new club, even like even what's happening with Mane at Bayern, your reputation literally starts from scratch at the club. We know Mane pretty well. Hell, like he was partially responsible for Liverpool beating us in, uh, I think, 2019. So we know what Mane can do. And yet right now he's being judged by Bayern standards. He's criticized when he goes three goals, three games without a goal. At Liverpool, he would have long stretches without a goal. But the standard of measurement was different because, again, there was a loyalty toward him because he had been there for a long time. So Lewandowski chose to start from scratch. And to an extent, he everybody knew about the instability at Barcelona. Everybody. This is no secret. He signed up for it. He signed up for kind of an experimental coach. And um, it's coming. And I think another reason why the Bayern fans don't feel a need to defend him rigorously is aside from how he left, he I say this so much, and I don't sometimes even think it's fair, but I don't think Lewandowski really loved the club. And he was not obligated to, but that's how human beings are it it feels a little fickle, but when you can when you can see visibly that someone doesn't love the club as much as you do, you're inclined to feel less for that person. and even then, even then, when we played Barcelona, we gave Lewandowski a very good reception,
1: yeah, exactly. so it's it's strange to me how all of this came to be honestly. I wish it yeah. hadn't happened, mm-hmm. but yeah, the the cats out of the bag now and we just have to accept it. At least we're not the ones playing in the Europa League. That would have been <laughs> that would have been a nightmare. And honestly, it could have it could have easily happened if you think yes, about it. Absolutely. Because, because we Barcelona completely collapsed after multiple injuries in the international break. Now yes. if we had instead of Victoria Pilsen, if we had to face Inter or Barcelona back to back in these games with Dortmund sandwiched in between, what would have happened to us? I don't know. I don't think with our form currently that we could have been guaranteed to win those games like we did before the international break. So we got very lucky with the schedule and how... 100%. Our, yeah, so like... A this double is header just, against Pilsen. Yeah, double, yeah. A double header against Pilsen with um, Leverkusen just after the international break to give us... <laughs> yeah, to give us just a little bit of um yeah. stamina back it's, it's it's a lot of it, a lot of things have gone our way so far this yeah. season and i hope they continue to speaking of which oh man um <laughs> here comes our most difficult game of the season yeah. the game that is even more difficult to win than the Champions league final which is the dfp pokal second round and we have to face a team that we've already lost to this season at their the home only ground. team we've lost to yeah yeah it is oh FC Augsburg. So first of all, I want to point out that there is a decent chance that Manuel Neuer may not be able to play against Augsburg. That, right from the beginning, I'm concerned. Because Sven, I right. don't I don't hate Sven. Okay, I, I like him. I think yeah. he was unlucky in that one game against Madrid because he had a great season that year otherwise. And I don't hold that mistake against Madrid against him. But he is not anywhere near as good as Manuel Neuer. And not having Neuer on the pitch against any team is a massive, massive, massive loss. That's just a start. Then we have, I mean, what else can I say? Lucas Hernandez Muller, is out
0: for sure. Lucas Hernandez
1: is out. Tom but Lucas Hernandez, honestly, I'll I'll say this as a credit to our defense. Right now the way Upa Makano and Delict are playing, I don't miss Lucas. I think Lucas can take his yeah. time getting mm-hmm. better because Upa and Delict have been rock solid at the back. Yeah. Whereas Thomas Muller being out, that concerns me. He was supposed to play today, but he did not play because of muscular issues. I hope he was just rested. I hope Mm -hmm. that he was especially rested with the view to playing against Augsburg. We did destroy Freiburg, but just because of that, I don't think we should be expecting an easy game against Augsburg because they're going to park that bus hard. And Mm -hmm. in a cup game... They have added incentive to park the bus because you can take it to penalties. In a league game, you have added incentive <laughs> to at right. least score one goal, right? Yeah. Because then you can still at least get three points compared to one. That's an extra mm-hmm. two points. You're at, you have incentive right from the scoreboard. Whereas in a cup game, why score when you can just take it to penalties and then it's all the luck of the draw. Who right. knows what could happen? Whereas, yeah, that's pretty much my point. The thing is that right now, in terms of a predicted lineup, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure who I'd start actually because there are some guaranteed starters, right? If they're fit, you start. Yeah. You start Sane. You start Mother. You start Musiala, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Do
1: you start Money? Because first of all, Mane is not in good form, but second, I know that Zippy mentioned this in the comments of the game thread. Yeah. It's the fact that he's been playing a lot of minutes lately, and he wasn't right. subbed off. I think against.
0: Um. yeah I don't recall this, it either yeah he yeah. wasn't
1: subbed off against Freiburg so because of that I, I don't know is, is Nagelsmann planning to have Koman on the left against Augsburg if he is I wouldn't be against it because Mani could use the rest and Koman with Davies on the left-hand side they are an, for a virtually unstoppable duo if they click but on the other hand, I'm also concerned because Koman has not been that hot this season. And Mane, he, he does come up good. He has a reputation as a big game player and he's done it at Liverpool. And I have seen the team play better with him than without him, in my opinion. He just has the better movement compared to all our other wingers. And because of that, I don't know. I You tell me, what what would you see in the lineup against Augsburg?
0: So, so first of all, I do want to mention one thing about two big things about Augsburg. So Rafa Gikovic is probably going to be out. He, he did and that yeah, oh that's a God. big one. That's he huge. didn't play today. And I think I don't know how long he's out for, but I'm I don't think he'll make it back in time for the Bayern game. Also, Andre Hahn is out, which Andre Hahn is a proper target man, which gives our defense some relief. So those are two big things about the game. So with that in mind, I would actually play Coman just because I don't I think he's on a three match ban. What do you get for two yellows? One match or three match uh,
1: is the two matches? I, don't, two matches? I honestly don't know. I don't know.
0: Either way, he, he, him being banned from Bundesliga games means he's got plenty of rest. So I would start Coman one way or the other. We are, in my opinion as well, we are better with Mane in the team, regardless of his form. But listen, the, the guy is not exactly a spring chicken. So he, he needs time off and I would leave him on the bench. Sané plays for me because, mainly because Giekevich is out. And that means he gets plenty of chances to test, uh, I think it's Kubo, Kubo, Kubek uh, in goal. And then be- between Muller and Muziala, I think Muziala plays because I've noticed this with Nagelsmann and rightfully so. When a player comes back from injury or COVID, he doesn't tend to start the player right away and uh i don't think muller's getting a start i think we'll see the starts up front well, i would keep muller
1: did already start against pilsen and he went off because of he was thing. injured right yeah he was uh he was injured uh, he came off because of an injury against pilsen but he started he he was supposed to start like today but
0: oh he came yeah. back from covid and he started he, against he pilsen came i see what he, you
1: mean yeah he came back from covid already um before uh dortmund i think but he was not fit, so that's mm. why, he, like, he had flu-like symptoms. But then mm-hmm. he started against Pilsen, came up because mm-hmm. of a muscular issue, and then didn't start today against Freiburg because of mus- the same muscular issues. I think if those muscular issues are not serious, he will start because, like, it's never a question of Muller or Musiala, right? It's always mm-hmm. you can play them both. both. Yeah, yeah, you would not play either or. So mm-hmm. yeah, I I think are we on agreement that if they're fit, they play.
0: You know, I don't think both of them do. I think one of them does because right after this game is Hoffenheim, and right after that is Barcelona, and those are two tough games. I don't know if you've caught Hoffenheim this season.
1: Yeah, uh, we we I don't know if I haven't caught Hoffenheim this season, but we have an annual loss to Hoffenheim, pretty much <laughs> exactly. scheduled everywhere, every every single yeah. time. So yeah, um, we and, and yeah. I think Hoffenheim is like this. This game is on Wednesday. And mm-hmm. then half an hour is on Saturday, so that's yeah. that's a tough schedule. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I guess that that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, if if we have to rest players, then what about midfield? Would you play Zabitzer instead of Gretzka?
0: You know, that's really tough for me because I don't remember. Did we have Gretzka against Augsburg in the one nil loss? I... I don't
1: think so. Wasn't he? Wasn't he injured? back then
0: i think i think he was i'm actually looking at the lineups um wait a second we had both goretzka and Kimmich, and we still lost
1: what oh no <laughs> yeah. oh no we actually had
0: both <laughs> listen to oh, this oh no we had goretzka Kimmich, muller sane musi Alamane, and we still oh, lost oh no
1: <laughs> oh no we we doomed oh, we doomed we doomed so it's you
0: over. know Yeah, I would. That's really tough because I thought Kimmich and Gretzky as a pair were so good today. And we haven't been exactly hot in the cup as of late. So, I mean,
1: this is as far as we get these last two seasons. So,
0: So, you know, I was inclined to say that Gravenberg,
1: yeah, Gravenberg has, Yeah. yeah, he has that knack for going forward. And he's already scored in the cup, I think. To be yeah. fair, Augsburg and who was it in we had Victoria Combe in the first. Yeah, half, we first had Victoria yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they're not like comparable or in the same league, yeah. even if Augsburg aren't playing that well this season, aside from their win against Bayern. Um the thing is yeah. that I would say I would say that you don't switch up the formula at this stage. Goretzka is playing well, Kimmich mm-hmm. is playing well, so mm-hmm. start them both. And mm-hmm. if we find that um Goretzka is not performing up to standard then sub on sabbets because you can always make subs you have five subs plus one mm-hmm. more for at a time um yeah so with that no no reason not to make subs right
0: yeah yeah Backline. i also yeah go ahead
1: yeah backline doesn't it choose itself
0: yeah kind of there's you know davis to from a that's it right now or wait what about pavado
1: pavard, pavard honestly you- like Pavado, he might play simply because i think masrawi injured himself today Oh Freiber. right. I
0: just he see was him getting he was
1: getting his hamstring taped up on the sidelines and mm-hmm. he was touching the hamstring. I have not seen like we're recording this right after the game, so we have not seen any quotes from Nagelsmann on how Matsurawi is doing. Mm-hmm. I think that if Matsrawi is fit, he would be the superior option to provide because I think we will need that extra attacking initiative that Matsrawi offers. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I will just say this, I have not noticed any difference. In our team defensively, when Matsrawi plays compared to Pavard, if anything, we just look more balanced altogether. Because and this is in a season where Pavard has actually been good. I'm not even (laughs) slandering Pavard (laughs) this season. Like last season, he was horrible. But this season, he's been good. But Matsrawi's just been better. You think about when he came on completely cold against Barcelona, but he shut down his side of the team. Even when Dembele went to his side, desperately trying Mm. to escape being shut down by Davies, he got shut down by Mazraoui on that side, and he had yeah. that last year's tackle on Robert Lewandowski to dis- dispossess the ball. So, yeah, I think Mazraoui I hope he's not injured because he would be a huge loss. And I'm glad he. I'm glad we bought him for this season because. Yeah. I'm very impressed with him so far.
0: It's funny when Gravenberg and um, Mazraoui came in. I actually expected Gravenberg to have a bigger impact than Mazraoui but Masravi seems to... That was back when
1: Zabitzer was still yes Yeah, his, yeah mm-hmm. he, he was playing like spoiled milk. So back then, we thought that Gravenberg would be the guy challenging Leon Goretzka for his spot. But now that Zabitzer is playing like the second coming of N'Golo Kante, it becomes more difficult for Gravenberg to get minutes. That being said, I think Gravenberg deserves more minutes than he's had so mm-hmm. far. And I hope that with the coming games against... Augsburg. If we have a decent lead against Augsburg, not impossible. I hope. Then I hope to see Gravenberg come on, and then maybe Gravenberg get a start against Hoffenheim. I get it. We are in a very difficult title race right now, but Nagelsmann needs to keep his youngsters happy. And today we saw some good substitutions. We saw Tell come on. We saw Stanisic come on. Gravenberg Mm -hmm. probably should have come on instead of Sabitzer. That would have allowed. That would have allowed, in my opinion, Nagelsmann to start. Sabitzer against Hoffenheim but now yeah. that he's not done that it's going to be more difficult for him to keep Gravenberg on the bench and Gravenberg's already complained about his playing time this season so he's already getting frustrated and that's before these this run of games so I hope Donaldson yeah. fixes this fixes this issue do you have a scoreline prediction for Augsburg?
0: I am absolutely going to refrain from that in oh no I'm not mm, I'm not should, getting into should, this
1: should I predict the scoreline
0: I mean historically, historically things have worked I, out better for a, you I
1: have, I have I have a 100% record in predicting score lines at DFB Pokal second round games <laughs> between Bayern Munich and Bundesliga <laughs> opposition so Okay
0: so let's hear it
1: Yeah so I'm going to say that Bayern Munich lose 2-0 no.
0: Oh my goodness really Okay yes. against um, at, against an Augsburg side, that is absolutely like they have Injuries are literally raining down on us. Do lost you, we lost
1: five goal. nil to Gladbach when they couldn't literally you know could what, not play right. football? They could not play <laughs> yeah. football. We lost not to Holstein. <laughs> our our yeah. our sextuple winning team lost to Holstein Kiel. So anything can happen. DFP FA Cup second round. Anything can happen.
0: Okay, all right. I guess it gives us one less competition to worry about, and this yeah. is a Bavarian derby. Okay, okay. yeah,
1: okay, okay. <laughs> I guess that is pretty much our podcast for today. I hope you enjoyed it. This was Samrin and I Need No Name. You can follow us on Twitter at Bavarian FPWorks. We're available on every single podcasting platform that you can think of, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, whatever. Um, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time, which will probably be our post-game review of Bayern Munich's impending loss to FC <laughs> So yeah, thanks for, listen- thanks for listening and good night.
0: Have a good one.